Hello, welcome to Survivor Week 9 on the island. You're going to hear a bit more from me in a second, but just wanted to drop in real quick to introduce this episode, very special Thanksgiving episode. I am going to have Tyler Commons call in for the majority, and then you'll hear me hop on again at the end to break down some of the postgame. So enjoy this very special holiday on the island. Just for you to listen to as you enjoy your hopefully day off. And if you're not taking the day off, thank you for making society run, <laughs> I guess. Anyway, let's get to the show. It's me and Ty talking another crazy week of Survivor David vs. Goliath. Enjoy. <laughs> Welcome to On the Island. Your podcast is ready. <laughs> We're back. We are back for week number nine, another... Can I say it, Ty? Well, actually, I don't want to introduce you yet because you're going to be different today in that you're normally Jekyll and today you're Hyde. But um, for the second week in a row, I'm very excited. I can't believe it. I know that I probably sounded excited the way that I said that, but Wow. The Davids are just, they're a unit, man. They are sticking together and making things happen. They're they are a scrappy bunch, and they're playing into the theme, and I hate it, and I love it. So, oh boy, let's get into it. We're going to try to stave off our turkey sleep for a little while here so we can talk about Survivor. I'm Taylor, Taylor Gaines, as usual, and for this very special Thanksgiving Day episode... My co-host is calling in from La La Land, but it's time for him to wake up. It's Tyler B. Commons. That is right. I am oh here, God. and I am also excited. Oh, God, what happened? I just... You sound like a robot. Oh, I was. I was being a robot, but now I'm here. I'm super... Eva. Gosh, it was so much fun to watch the advantage that I never thought would be used correctly, be used correctly. Yeah, they And we'll get to it. it, but that was awesome. It was so crazy. Oh my gosh. This was amazing. I can't believe how boring I'm becoming in that I love this season. <laughs> no, you love this season because it's a fun season, finally. Like, people are making moves. It, it started, like, the beginning of this episode... Davey has this little speech where he's like, just respect the game for the game. Like, don't hold grudges. Like, let's play the game. And I think that's what is making this season so good is people are actually playing the game to make things happen. No one's scared to, like, make a move and then just be totally crapped on by the jury for the rest of the season. I mean, I disagree, though. (laughs) Like, (laughs) I don't think any of this would be happening if the Goliaths weren't so scared to make moves. This is one of the first times I can remember since Survivor became this bastion of, like, millions of advantages at once, that it actually works. Like, the Goliaths are so adamant about sticking together that the Davids need something else to be able to make a move, and it happens to be all these advantages. And for once, I don't feel... Annoyed by the number of advantages, I feel like they're actually stimulating gameplay in a way that they are designed to do. 
Yeah, that's because we're getting those chances for them to be played well. It's not like, was it Sandra going home by default a few seasons ago? It's Sierra, right? Oh, uh, yeah, Sierra. Or Sari. It was Sari. Sari? Sandra? Sarah? It was Sari. Sierra? <laughs> Sari? Okay. Nevada? You know, <laughs> Sierra Nevada. But it's because people out here, like, they see the advantages coming and they play their advantages to swing it in their way. And, like, it's falling into place. It's not idle apocalypse yet because really only one idol is being played per tribal, but there's just other <laughs> advantages tribe. that are so fun. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, per the last two tribals. It's not like we've had an idol played every single time. It's not like Mike has to keep going to find idols in order to win because he knows he's going home or winning individual immunity. It's people using their idols or their advantages advantageously the way they're supposed to be used. And it's actually happening this season. And that's making it awesome. I think that's a really good point. They're not just using them for self-preservation. They're using them to shift the game. And the Davids are using them flawlessly like they have not made a mistake yet yeah i mean i'm for i am very amazed how well davy is playing his advantages and his idols and just the way he's working because you know we haven't seen a whole ton of him up until this last two episodes this season like we got a little bit from him um wendell is a big uh davy fan we talked about because they both like uh to chew on toothpicks (laughs) <laughs> but Wendell was also the first person to put Davy into our power rankings on the week that he joined us. He was. So he's got smarts there. And I think Davy is showing that he's a much smarter player than we thought. He's a much bigger factor than we were led to believe, especially early on. Yeah, the way I have been viewing it in the last couple episodes is just complacency when you're in a position of power eating away at the power itself. Like, the reason... <laughs> this sounds insane. The reason dictators stay in power is because they're <laughs> they're constantly paranoid that people are trying to take them out of power, right? And yeah. the, the Goliaths are very comfortable. Like, they don't feel like they're in danger. They feel like they're in a position of deciding... Like, is now the time to make a move or do we stick together? Is now the time? Like, they're not viewing it at all as self-preservation, which is what propels people to make big moves a lot of times, as you've seen the last two weeks. They're just viewing it as from a position of comfort, which I guess just makes me think they could they could never run an effective autocratic society. <laughs> yeah, I mean, to keep your dictator narrative going... The trouble comes from within, and it's somebody kind of feels restless, and they talked about it a lot tonight. Someone's on the bottom of that alliance, and the Davids are just picking at it, trying to get someone to flip. And even though we didn't see that, everybody knows there's a hierarchy in each tribe, in the David tribe and the Goliath tribe. And who's going to flip-flop to try and get a leg up from that bottom spot in either tribe? And that was kind of one of the main arguments this episode that was so compelling. And I think will still be compelling, especially because now there's an even split. Like, it just is coming down to somebody has to make a move. And it it has to happen next week. Yeah, and if I can just just say quickly about the... Goliaths. I don't know if this is potentially the least interesting place to start, but <laughs> but Mike 
we can't be little bitches white is like <laughs> so much less interesting than I had hoped for at the beginning. Like he seemed like he was a big fan and he was like here to play. And he's been like leading the charge on just wanting to stick together and do nothing. <laughs> and I don't care for it. I can say that. Yeah. And it's absolutely crazy because he was in strike force. He had what appeared to be a safe, clear path to top six and passed it up to kind of stay in what I was talking about earlier. I think he's one of the bottom two or three people in that Goliath Alliance. And I don't understand why he kind of had this plan, this fun thing to shake things up and then immediately backed out and was like, ah, I'm just going to stick Goliath strong. I don't want to put my neck out there. So from the Goliath's perspective, what do you make of this counter argument that if one of them does make a move, they're just on the bottom on the other side? Like, is that an unwinnable position to be in? I think for certain players, this is where it's tough. For certain players, that's definitely going to continue to be true. But if you have a player who we've talked about a lot lately, like Alec, who has a really close friendship. Allison. Oh, no, I was I was talking Alec because no, Alec I'm, I'm and, just adding. I'm saying Alec and Allison, okay. I think, are good examples of this. Yeah, because Allison has Gabby and Alec has Nick. And I think if they go in there, they immediately slide in at the middle ground, kind of in that next alliance, which could be better than where they are if they stay Goliath strong. It's an argument that you want to make if you're on top is no, don't flip because then you're just on bottom of the flip floppers and like they just see you as a vote. But I think that's only true for certain people. You know, I think like if Angelina ends up flipping soon and kind of going with the Davids, like I don't see her actually working her way up above anyone except for maybe like Carl. But we've seen a lot of gameplay from Carl the last two weeks that has completely come out of nowhere. And I just don't see that flipping is like, it just dep- it really just depends who you are. Have you been working, we've said this the last two weeks, have you been working both sides of the aisle? Do you have friends on the Davids and on the Goliaths? And if you do, I think you're the person that needs to flip. We always talk about the safe middle ground. I, the, to your point, I was kind of shocked that Angelina didn't make a move to do anything this week. And obviously, there could there were probably a lot of conversations we didn't see but Mm -hmm. it really felt like a prime opportunity for her to explore doing something because she knows her teammates on goliath don't like her that much and from what we saw for the scenes from the next episode it doesn't seem like they are gonna even be able to keep up this facade for another second so I was surprised to not see her make a move, and I'm, I don't know if I was surprised, but I was hoping Alec and or Allison would do something. Yeah, I really wanted Allison to flip, because I think Alec strangely is in a safe enough position, and I think it's more advantageous to see Allison kind of run with Gabby and get in with Christian, and apparently Christian has two really close allies in Carl and Davy as well. So I would like to see that come, but just to speak to what you're saying, An- Angelina, I I can't wrap my head around her this game because I don't know how she's not clicking with people. I don't know why she, like you said, 
didn't flip because clearly she's on the bottom of the Goliath. So what is she waiting around for? Is she waiting around to get rid of all the Davids and then just go home herself? Like, I think she's smart enough to realize that. And, you know, we always say we don't get to see 72 hours in one hour. So I'm sure she had plenty of thoughts and conversations and confessionals. But yeah, I was really shocked that she didn't try to shake things up, didn't try to make a move and flip-flop or something. Well, let me ask you this. Who do you think on the Goliaths at this point has the best chance of straight up winning the entire game? I think Alec. I think Alec is a strong enough threat in immunity challenges. And I think his friendship with Nick could actually get him really far because I think Nick has set himself up really well. We've talked about it. Alec just seems to me like he's a guy that for some reason hasn't been brought up in conversations we've discussed is like, oh, we got to get rid of him. Even though he has essentially flipped on Goliaths twice, it's not come back to bite him yet. And it doesn't really make sense to me why, but he's just playing such a great, well-rounded game. And he's got enough friends everywhere that I think he's like... He's like Nick, but not quite as good as Nick. So, I mean, for that reason, I think he's the strongest Goliath in my head, in my mind, to make a run and be the winner. I don't know. Where? What do you think? Who do you mm. think, Scott? I, I'm I'm tempted to say here's the, here's the thought process is that like the narrative of this game is so heavily tilted towards David's that I have a hard time seeing a Goliath beating a David in Final Tribal, like, mm. just the way that the story has played out feels so so Survivor-theme heavy of, like, the Davids <laughs> overcame this and that and this, and, like, whatever Goliath makes it to the end, I don't know what argument they're going to have if they keep playing the way they're playing, which is why you talking about Angelina made me think of this, because narrative-wise, she's the only one who might be able to pull together some kind of like you know i was a i was a david on my own tribe but the problem is she might have a jury full of goliaths voting so i don't know the other person who stands out to me who we haven't talked about is kara because this was the first week that we really got to see her start to play a little bit and mm -hmm. i thought she did a pretty good job of leaving her options open and being receptive to her tribe without confronting them and and making them turn their sights on her like because she made a good suggestion of what they should do to vote out dan against her you know personal wishes i guess and and then kind of had to flip around when she heard what everyone else was doing and then things got a little screwy in the vote and i think her and alec ended up voting for angelina which is fascinating we can talk about that in a second but I was impressed by her. I think one of them, I don't know how it looks. Like you said, you don't want to just be on the bottom as soon as you move, but one of them needs to do something to really make a mark on this game to have a chance to beat any of these scrappy Davids, you know? Yeah, I was really happy that she kind of woke up and came to play, and we talked about it. I, Dan was ultimately kind of holding her back, and she realized that this week, and I think that was the best thing she's done so far. And I hope it's not the only thing that she gets recognition for this season because she is 
somebody who is playing well, but I'm also worried that we talked about it last week, kind of the sexist nature of way things going. She threw out Dan's name and, you know, ultimately the Goliath said no. And she was like, okay, well, I don't really know what to do. You know, the edit she had this week kind of paralleled some of the editing Angelina has been getting where like, she says a sound move and she says something like, Hey, let's blindside this guy with an idol. But then they were just kind of like, Oh, hush, we're not going to do that. You know? And then (laughs) it like, I, it felt, it felt strange to me. It felt weird because it's another example of a strong, intelligent female trying to make the call. And it's just kind of falls by the wayside. Counter argument. Yeah. Allison, I think, was the one who flipped things around. Strong, intelligent <laughs> female in her own right. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's true. If she if she was the ringleader to go against um, Kara's decision, then, yeah, my argument is moot. But it, just, <laughs> it, it, felt, it felt odd to me to see her try to make a move and then sort of get ganged up on and kind of yeah, shut like, down. When that scene where face, they were yeah. all sitting. Yeah, where she was just like, oh... Uh, okay, I guess my suggestion doesn't matter. You know, and even if it was coming from Allison, like, that's totally fine. It just, the edit of that particular part felt kind of what has been, like, what has been happening to Angelina. Right, yeah, that's true. I think... That's all I, yeah. What was interesting is that her and Alec wound up voting on their own, and I'm I'm trying to figure out what happened. Uh, I probably mentioned this on the top of the episode, but we're going to have a little addendum breaking down some of the post-game interviews and stuff, so... Maybe that'll shed some light on this, but what did you make of the votes splitting between the Goliaths like that? Like, were they just sticking to that original plan of, like, Christian might have an idol, so let's throw some votes Angelina's way? Or was it more of a abandoning the plan and causing just chaos? I think it was just a safety split the vote sort of situation. And the only reason I'm saying that is because the scenes from the next episode show, I think, maybe Alec confronting her about that, uh, confronting Angelina that is and saying, look, we just had to put your name down and that kind of causes chaos to ensue next episode. So I think it wasn't as much like a split from the plan as much as it was, okay, we need to have a backup option that we're comfortable with that still doesn't involve bringing David's in our Goliath strong kind of Alliance. Yeah, I think that's probably right. I, I, and and that just plays into what I was saying before is like Angelina, this felt like a week for her to do something because like they're throwing votes at her as a contingency plan, which also speaks to their complacency, I think, of thinking they could afford to split votes like that, where if they had voted five Christian, five Dan, uh, I don't really know what would have happened, but mm-hmm. it would have been fascinating. I, I think before we talk about the Davids... We've talked a lot this season about emotions and how emotions have often dictated moves in a way that is not at all beneficial to the person who is experiencing them. And for no one is that a more fitting theme of their obituary than Hot Cop Dan, (laughs) who turned full emo Hot Cop in this episode and found himself out on the curb. Yeah, Dan Dan was a character who I had really hoped that I was going to love. Not a character. Dan was a person 
who in the beginning of the season I really hoped I was going to love, you know, having that Gainesville connection or whatever. It's not like I knew him personally, but it's just fun to cheer for the home crowd favorite. But it just, it didn't work for him. He fell too head over heels for Kara. He got emotional when people started throwing his name out as a decoy a few episodes ago. And he just, he was way too invested to look past his own faults. And even like the emotion of last week when he's trash talking in the reward challenge in route to blowing it for his team. Like he's, he just, I was way too invested and not able to sort of take a bird's eye view at the landscape of what was happening. And if people were getting upset and like, I don't think he saw Kara as somebody who wanted to get away from him. I don't think he understood that he was making her game hard, you know, like he just wasn't able to separate his emotion from his gameplay. And I talked about this a few weeks ago. Like he just, he was overwhelmed by his showmance. He was overwhelmed by having his name put down or at least thrown out as like, Hey, let's say we're doing this and like not do it. He just took everything way too personally. Yeah. And, and I think last week I was saying that Carl was the old school player, but I think Dan was truly the old school player of this season (laughs) because he was just prepared to play idols the whole way and just stick with his original tribe and not do anything. I wonder what would have happened if he had still had both of his idols because he felt like he shouldn't have played that one for Angelina last week, or at least that he should have played it for John instead. What if he had both of them and Jeff was like, your idol's nullified. And he was like, all right, I got another one. <laughs> <laughs> He's like, yeah, I bet. <laughs> For some um, Alabama lingo. Yeah, I think it's crazy, too, because as flawed as his game was, he lost in a sort of historic way of something that's never happened before. And it was great. I mean, we talked about this a little off the top, but like, they put all of these pieces into place. You know, will Kara betray Dan? Will Dan play his idol? Is Dan too emotional? Do the Davids have another plan? Will they play the idol nullifier right? Will Christian play his idol? Will Nick steal this vote? Like, there were so many things at play, and it all came together perfectly for the second week in a row. And it was just thrilling. Yeah, it was super fun to watch. I loved their last conversation at the end where it was literally all the Davids getting together and just kind of word vomiting all the advantages that every single person had. And then uh, Christian kind of got the summation where he's like, we have these advantages, but it's like, who's going to play what, when? And I think Nick said the exact same stuff. He's like, we have the tools to succeed. We just got to figure out how to execute the plan. And they ended up doing it better than really any tribe I can ever remember because, you know, they pull out this brand new idol nullifier, which we even talked about in the opening saying, I don't really see how this is ever going to work out properly. <laughs> and and credit to these people out there. They made it work. Like it takes a lot to orchestrate that. And they did it so well. And, you know, I got to tip my hat to them. Yeah, let's do the hard thing here because... They've really proven two weeks in a row that, and and I I guess being on the bottom is helpful because your flaws are not exposed because you have no choice other than to stick with each other. Your cracks are not widened in any way when you're in desperation mode. And Uh 
it, we we maybe got a teaser next week that now that things are even, those cracks are going to start to really show. But credit to these five people because they have been so strong and so smart. And I think what I want to do, because we're doing a little bit of an abbreviated Thanksgiving episode here so that I can get more in-depth with the interviews at a later time, I want to go into our power rankings right now because I have a sneaking suspicion that all three of both of our spots are probably going to be David's. Is is that accurate? I actually have two of the three of mine as David's, and I actually did throw a Goliath on there. But okay. I've already sung his praises enough, so I think people are going to be able to guess who it is. I did not do that. So mm-hmm. what I want to do, and, and obviously I don't want you to change your power rankings to do this, but I want to talk about the David's via our power rankings and see how you sort out this like credit because Mm -hmm. they are such a strong unit so tell me like who you think is either the ringleader or just the person who's coming out from this looking the best okay i think the ringleader weirdly in a upfront way at least the last two weeks has been davy and for that reason, Davey got my number one in this week's power rankings. Not necessarily overall that he has had the strongest edit, because I still think you have to give that you know, to Christian or Nick or one of those two, essentially. But I think the person behind orchestrating all of this and sort of a David Strong kind of mentality has been Davey. I think he said hey, we got this advantage. I'm going to tell you what I have. You tell me what you have. Let's figure this out and let's get us moving forward. Is he doing that to save Christian, who I think is the best player? Yes, but Davey has been the ringleader the last two weeks. And for that, I had to give him my number one. Yeah, I don't I don't know. My, my head just spins mm-hmm. trying to pick these people apart because with the exception of, I, I guess, Gabby, I feel like all of them could be number one. Uh, Maybe not Carl, but Carl made such a huge move this week that I feel like I want to give him a lot of credit. Uh, For me, I'm going to say number one for this week. I'm truly pausing here. I I will say, oh, God. (laughs) (laughs) Life or death. I will say Christian. Okay. Which I'm not... You could definitely convince me by tomorrow morning that it's someone else, but just because he was the one who found the idol this week, I think that's going to have more lasting effects going forward. And his performances in Tribal are so impressive of the way he kind of acts into their plan. I think all of them are good at this. They Like last week, they all acted like, oh, we have no chance, blah, blah, blah. And this week, they were very like good at diverting the attention onto like oh your bottom person should flip your bottom person should flip so that no one was even thinking about this idea that they might have things up their sleeve and i was really torn between him and davy and 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 nick and and carl because (laughs) they are all such integral pieces of this and i've been impressed by nick throughout but for now i'm going to say christian one davy two okay And my number two actually is not Christian. My number two is Nick. And I think it's because of the reasons you're saying. He's, along with Davey the last two weeks, I think he's more 
the mastermind. We always talk about how charming Christian is, and I think Christian knows what's going on, and he's friends with people, but I don't know if he's strategic with people as much as Nick is. I think when Nick had that scene of all the people sitting around the camp, and he's like, why Like, why are they not talking to us? They're not even trying to make anything happen. And then he had that speech in tribal council that was along the same lines, and I think he just has a way of not aggravating people, but still talking strategy. So for that, like I had to give Nick number two. And how would you, if you had to rank the final three Davids? If I had to rank the final three Davids, gosh, I mean, I would have to say it's Christian, then Carl, then Gabby, just because Gabby, well, she has a strong alliance member in Allison kind of on her own. She does seem to have trouble reining her emotions in and realizing it's not as bad as she thinks it is. I think she's in an okay position. I just don't think she's handling it well. Carl, like he said, he made a great move this week and he made a great move last week. But outside of that, I've not seen a whole ton from him. And then Christian is just so charming and just so willing to talk to people and willing to befriend people and then have the ability to blindside and backstab and do something like a brochacho blindside yeah you you talk about being on the bottom with gabby i don't know what you do when you're on the bottom of the minority alliance because if you're on the bottom of the glass maybe you're thinking about flipping but you know you're probably not flipping if you're gabby otherwise you're just definitely not gonna win i think she did a good job of keeping a poker face on during this tribal for sure for me Mm -hmm. carl has suffered a lot this season he's been to his own personal exile island that no one else has been to he had to (laughs) sit out a challenge that was playing for hamburgers which i was just craving as i was watching and i ate food a few hours ago he has not made it into our power rankings the entire season so i'm gonna give carl the number three spot this week yeah, I mean, he. I think he is deserving. Like I said, he didn't take my number three spot, but he's definitely been in. And this sort of Christian Davy Carl alliance has creeped up out of nowhere for the last few days out there on the island. And I mean, he seems like he's a big key role in that. And like, let's just make this happen. You know, like I'm <laughs> weirdly, he's like pissed off at the game, but he's still out there playing as hard as he can. And it's really funny to watch him just get so upset about stuff. But then he's just like, nope, I'm over it. I got to make, I just got to make this happen. I don't know. I'm pissed, but I'm just going to keep my head down and I'm going to make a move and I'm going to save these people that uh, I need to be in alliance with and I'm going to keep pressing forward. And I assume your number three spot is going to Allison for cheating at the reward challenge and, and reading the numbers off of Mike's thing. Yeah, I mean, she's really smart. No, actually, my number three is Alec. Oh, so your number three is for the guy who cheated at the immunity challenge by jumping over the entire stage. uh, Is that cheating, or is he just using the gifts that God has given him? I was surprised it was not cheating. (laughs) (laughs) Some people are just born athletes. Yeah, I think because we've seen he's been able to sort of flip votes on their head, do it sort of incognito and not get called out. He's a strong threat challenge. And he's got Nick as, I think, his number one alliance, even though it seems, at least this week, it was edited that he 
is really close with Goliaths. I think he's willing to flip and go with Nick at any point. And I th- Does their alliance have a name? I don't remember if their alliance had a name. I don't think so. At least we haven't um, been given that info. But Alec just, for me, the last four weeks or so has come on as a really strong sort of middle ground player. And you and I always talk about it. The middle ground is a great place to be until it isn't. And I think he's going to be able to jump out when it isn't. And he's going to be able to do that well. Whether it stays Goliath strong from here on out and those five end up moving on, or if the Davids start picking off the Goliaths next week in a shakeup, I think he's got enough backing from them that he'll just kind of slide right in there. Uh, just because I was, so we were talking about alliance names from Nick. Uh, did you see Davy's Instagram post about his alliance name with Nick? No, I did not see his Instagram post. I'm, I'm actually. Not- I was going to say, I did just chat with him on his uh, Instagram Live right before the show started. Oh, how'd that go? Uh, it was fine. He was playing the new Pokemon game, and I was like, oh, what Pokemon you got? You ready to watch this episode? <laughs> that was it. That was the extent of my conversation with him. Making inroads. I'm not sure I can fully read his posts on the air without feeling like I need to take a shower. But I will Ooh. tell you that it starts with, the alliance name that never made TV, Davy and Nick, hashtag Team Dick. <laughs> and there's more. <laughs> That's okay. I don't feel like I need to see it. <laughs> there is more to the post if you like puns, I guess. So <laughs> enough on that. I think this was definitely another great week. I mean, like we talked about a lot through the pre-merge episodes, it's been a fun endlessly interesting season with a lot of complicated people and characters and all it needed was some memorable moments and we have now had two straight weeks of memorable moments and now i guess my question is can they stick the landing as far as like even if we have a slow couple weeks which i don't really think we're going to (laughs) can they stick the landing and have a final vote where we don't actually know who's going to win going in. That's really something that could have saved a lot of bad recent seasons and has not even been close to happening. And now we've had everything good up to this point. I feel like we're flying through the air without parachute. And I don't know if we're going to land on like a trampoline or on a bunch of rocks. (laughs) Yeah. I can see this season going down and being exciting And I think there are enough strong characters left that at the end, we could have no clue. I mean, last season, if it didn't end in a tie and it was sort of a 6-4 going into the live reunion show, it could have gone either way. But as soon as we knew Laurel had the decision, that's when we knew Wendell was the winner. But outside of that, like I didn't know if it was going to be Wendell or Dom. Both of them played great and they played very differently. And they that just was a like much less other. exciting season. Right. It was much less time. exciting overall. But I guess my point is I'm trying to say I hope this season ends with a vote in sort of the 6-4 range, not the 9-1 to one range or, you know, however yeah. many are on the on the thing, 11-1 to one or whatever it is. I hope it does yeah, round out really to being exciting. And shows they deserve to win, you know. I think... Mm-hmm. It'll be a fascinating reunion show, too, with if is Jeremy going to show up? If Jeremy shows up, is Angelina going to show up? Like, 
Is Natalie going to show up? Are, are Alec and Kara truly banned from going to the reunion show? This The TMZ part of the season has kind of faded into the background, but I think it's going to come back around that point, which is going to be fascinating. So, <laughs> oh man. It's stupid to cry over veggie burgers, and it's stupid to cry over the end of the podcast, but that's pretty much what this is. I'm going to talk a little more after Ty leaves, but any last words, Ty? Yes. I got to celebrate Thanksgiving. (laughs) I got to celebrate Thanksgiving a day early with my family. I hope you get to celebrate Thanksgiving on Thursday with your loved ones. It's a lot of fun. My personal favorite holiday. So enjoy it. Eat some turkey. Have a sandwich. Tell us how much you loved this episode of On the Island by leaving a review. That's all I have to say. (laughs) I have to separate myself from Ty if I'm going to finish this podcast. Just like Kara has to separate herself from Dan to win this game, especially because this podcast comes out on Fridays. So hopefully you enjoyed your Thanksgiving yesterday. <laughs> oh, you're not getting it up tomorrow? I want to give give people the consistency of their inbox, you know? That's all right, friends. Just think that I was talking in past, future, perfect tense participle. You know, when you think <laughs> about it, time is not really a real tangible thing, so... People could be listening to this on December 32nd, 2027, you know? It's super possible. (laughs) That's all I got to say. It's like if you wake up tomorrow and everything is just different, you know? Yeah, I mean, if blue yarn doesn't (laughs) naturally occur on the island, but Christian found it, so who's to say that time exists? (laughs) Who's to say? We're rambling. I'm going to go. I'm Tyler B. Commons. Follow me on Twitter. He's Taylor Gaines. I don't know how he's going to edit this in with his extra little bit about all the interviews tomorrow, but I'm off. Talk to you guys later. All right, Ty. Goodbye. I will. I'll I'll be back in in a few short seconds. All right. So I expected a little bit more (laughs) to exist in the post game. You know, we're working here on Thanksgiving a little bit get the content out but unfortunately nobody from cbs decided that uh putting dan out to the world would be important today so the only thing i have from him is his ponderosa video so i'll just add a little bit about that i mean just to emphasize him as the focal point i'll point out a couple of his quotes real quick from the episode to send you away with as well you would think having an idol you'd be golden but i just got knocked out who knew there was a daggone idol nullifier Whoever heard of that? I think the interesting thing from what he said on the show on the way out is I'm pretty sure Kara flipped her vote that hurts a little bit. If she wants to work on the bottom of the Davids, that's her problem, not mine. And it obviously raises the question of how it affects the jury going forward with Dan and John both on the jury now. We'll see how they respond to their fellow Goliaths if they feel like the Davids are outplaying everybody as we talk about in this episode. And uh, I don't know. It's going to make for an interesting jury to have two brochachos muddying the waters for a very long time as we build towards the ending here. As far as Ponderosa goes, it's definitely another one worth checking out. They did something reminiscent of the Jenna and Michael Yerger video last season with uh, 
bit of an advertisement dropped in at the end. It's got an, <laughs> a commercial from Brochachos Inc. that you should go check out. It'll tell you the rules of being a Brochacho and the different grammatical usages of the word. So Christian obviously had an influence in some way. It's a nice video. He has a couple emotional moments with Elizabeth talking about leaving their kids and one of his daughters asking him, Daddy, why do you want to leave us? <laughs> Which is a tough question to ask when you're going out to play Survivor, I'm sure. Uh, you get to see John waking up in bed, if that interests you. You get to see Dan step on the scale, and he has lost an insane amount of weight. Something like 26 pounds since the show started. So, unfortunately, that's about all I have to add here, because everyone else decided to take the day off, so I guess... We'll just take the rest of this episode off and save it for next time. <laughs> when things will return to normal as we wind down the season, but hopefully also ramp up as David vs. Goliath continues to exceed expectations. Happy Thanksgiving. Happy three, four, five-day weekend, whatever you were fortunate enough to have. If you had none of those days off, then... I hope we gave you a little bit of a respite and whatever you have going on. Respite? I don't know. What does it matter? <laughs> I'm going to go eat more turkey, and we will talk to you next time on the island. Bye! I'm not good at making these things up as well. <laughs> that is uh, again.